Do not skip this ad. I know it's really easy to skip them. This is one you do not want to skip. So this is Kristen from the podcast, also from kristenandchill.com, also known as The Banter Coach. And I am offering the most insane, almost stupidly cheap deal for my banter bundle. My banter bundle has helped hundreds and hundreds of men get dates when they've never gotten dates in the past get girlfriends when they've never gotten girlfriends in the past, and even gotten some engagements and two confirmed weddings. So if you want to be part of this special club, take advantage of what I'm about to offer you. I usually charge $650 for the banter bundle, which is three super intense sessions where we get your skills where they need to be so that you can charm more than just your socks off. And today I am cutting that price from $650 to $350. And just so you know the value, there is literally no one else in the world offering this kind of specialized coaching. So take advantage of my kind heart and generosity and get your skills to where they need to be so you can start getting the ladies. Go to kristenandchill.com, find the banter tab, click on the banter bundle, and at checkout, use the promo code BANTEROMTHECHEAP. I'm only doing this offer for August and September, so get it in now. That's what she said. Don't get yourself on a waiting list. Do it now. Again, that's kristenandchill.com, and I will see you there. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. of man who's a really funny comic he's been on the show before host of the crab feast ryan sickler thank you ladies thank you for coming i'm excited to be back we're excited, we're to, excited have to have you yeah and then the second half of the show we have vanessa van edwards from scienceofpeople.com where she teaches people to be the best and most memorable person in the room so i already have that down so i don't really know why she's here but we'll yeah. get to it yeah as you can see with Kristen's body language yeah. she definitely knows how to impress people totally. I'm, I'm, try- impressed. I'm finding myself sitting awkwardly <laughs> yes. what do you read yeah I know with like our chest up and everything exactly. I look like I'm guilty of murder right now because that's how I get really paranoid like if anyone ever is an expert yeah and it's like oh like with the cops when the cops come around I'm just instantly uncomfortable like I did it <laughs> what did I do I don't know but I did it yeah yeah interesting <laughs> uh, so I had a really I'll call it a cool experience um, the other night. So Jordan Harbinger was recently on our podcast and Jordan Harbinger is wonderful. He uh, has the Art of Charm podcast and actually he introduced us as well. Um, But so after the show, I drove him home because he's like a lazy loser who can't drive on his own. But I drove him home and he was telling me about this wonderful experience. San Francisco? No, (laughs) no, because he was in LA visiting. Um, And he told me that he recently had spoken... Had at a at a homeless shelter. I was like, I want to do that, and I yeah, he talked about it on the show. Oh yeah, he did talk about it on yeah. the show, and I thought it was just really a really 
cool thing to do. Want to boost your self-esteem? Right. Exactly. Tuck it home. Exactly. Life. I need that experience. So um, uh, he connected me to Chris, who's actually here today. Um, with Chris, who runs this unbelievable program where, where he gets like phenomenal people to come into this classroom at this ho- homeless shelter downtown that's on Skid Row uh, on Monday nights late at night. They, 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 these people come and they speak to the kids to potentially motivate them and tell them about their lives. Uh, and I, surprisingly, uh, he said, yes, that I could come speak. So I'm obviously be impressive funny. in some way. It'd ways. be funny if there was like a charge at the door. Right. Like it'd be a $10. But I mean, it's just <laughs> <this> empty room. <laughs> That's horrible. Thanks a lot, Kristen. Such a bitch. Um, but yeah, so we, so I went um, on Monday night and the woman that was speaking was talking about anxiety and how to get over anxiety, calm anxiety. Uh, and I thought that the tools that I I even learned, which I know already, but it's always nice to rehear those things, um, are wonderful things that, to share with the people who are listening right now. So the things that she were, was saying may sound a little bit hippy-dippy-ish and like you might feel... Well, I'm curious because I'm listening. Yeah, you might you might feel uncomfortable doing it because I did it the next morning and I was like, oh, so uncomfortable. But then once you do it, you feel absolutely amazing. And it's just as simple as breathe and take pause. So in the morning when you wake up, instead of like waking up instantly, checking your phone right away, like most people do, you sit up slowly. You enjoy that you are alive and you look around and you just take a couple of minutes to breathe and really take Mm -hmm. in the day and to become what? I just think about the situation in which homeless people wake up. And I feel like that might be a little difficult to take in the sidewalk or is that practical for them? Why not? Why wouldn't that be practical? You can still um, calm that anxiety for yourself so that you're, you're, you may be waking up on a sidewalk, but you don't have to do it where you're shaking and anxious and fearful of things. Mm-hmm. Sidewalks are kind of nice. If you're in Los Angeles, it's sunny out, smell of coffee. I don't know. There could smell of coffee I, I, <laughs> that you can't afford. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I was homeless. I've thought about this often because I was homeless for a moment. Um, really? When I was younger, yes. And not homeless living on a sidewalk. I bounced from a friend to a whatever, but I oh, wow. don't have a place to go. And if I was homeless, I would move just north in California and I would eat the pistachios and the grapes that are all along the five and I would <laughs> jog and I would be the healthiest fucking homeless You're like guy Forrest Gump. you ever fucking saw in your life. That's amazing. It's free nuts and grapes. Is that I what I should speak about next week there. when I go back to the homeless shelter? You can tell them. Yeah, I'll be like, this is the place to go. Pitch your tent out in the back of one of those fields <laughs> and get up and eat free pistachios. That sounds like a nice wine, life. Eat grapes and take a job. You know what I was yeah. thinking, though? Feel that anxiety. I was eating pistachios the other day, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I was a li- I was like, I'm literally done because this is too much. For energy. minimal payoff. It it's used really to be annoying. more work because I don't find red ones anymore. And red used to dye your hands and then yeah. you have to go wash them after that. So it was another right. step. And you could yeah. look like you were kissing a woman. Mm-hmm. So step number two. That's the look I like to right. put out there. Step <laughs> number two is creating a morning routine. And one of the other mentors that was in the class was talking about how having a morning routine. Um, he said the most successful people that he's met in his life All of them, the thing that they have in common is they have a morning routine. So something that they do before they start their day, whether it's for 10 minutes, it's for 45 minutes, it's for three hours, however long you want to have that morning routine, it's essential to have something that you do every single day that gets you into a calm state. So for him, he was saying he doesn't even look at his cell phone um, until 45 minutes after he's woken up where he breathes, he does some affirmations, uh, he sits and he journals and he drinks 
tea in the morning. That's his morning routine. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It can be as simple as that. Who is this guy? This is, uh, there's a whole bunch of mentors speaking there, but there was this, one of the mentors that made that statement. Um, he is an ex-Marine. I think he's a graphic artist now. I think he does stuff with finance I, guess, well. I wasn't sure if you mentioned him earlier. Oh, yeah, no, no. So, so I'm jumping all over the place um, because I'm tired and I've had a coffee. No, it works. Um, and then the third thing that they were saying to do um, was say affirmations. I wish there was a different word for affirmations. I'm going to try and think of a different do one because... Molly. Yeah, it, just, it, it feels cheesy when you're doing it, but uh, I woke up yesterday morning, which was the day after I had gone down to the homeless shelter, and. I popped up right away. I went to go reach for my phone and then I turned it over and stopped and I just sat for a minute and I breathed in for three seconds, breathed out for six seconds. I did it probably for about 45 seconds and it really calmed me down and put a smile onto my face. And then I, you know, walked out into my main room and I started my morning routine that I've been doing every single morning. And I started saying out loud, I'm confident. I'm awesome. I can do whatever I want. And your husband's like, Barney, shut up. And he's like, shut up. I'm trying to sleep. And <laughs> Give me anxiety. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, you're freaking me out. Stop it. But I, I couldn't stop laughing at myself for saying these things. But then as I kept saying them, and I did it for, you know, maybe probably 10 times in a row, felt freaking awesome. And the rest of the day, I did feel all of those things. I felt awesome. I felt confident. Uh, and I really believed that I could do anything. And these are little things that you can do every single day, whether it's going to be targeted towards approaching a woman, because there's a lot of anxiety around that, striking up a conversation, or even, you know, anything in your life that that creates anxiety within you. These are helpful tools that you can do either in the morning every single day or in the moment. And actually, I want to talk about, we have Vanessa Van Edwards on our show the second half. um, And body language can also really help uh, curb your anxiety. The phone thing is really bad for me because I wake up every morning. Instantly, I roll over. My phone is right there. And I went through a phase um, talking with my therapist where they said, put your phone over across the room and it like worked for me for a while because I'm so lazy that like getting up was actually like too hard so yeah. I would leave it there and that worked for me for a little while because it's yeah. like oh then I have to get out of bed and I'm gonna be cold so I'll just leave it yeah, just and it out. helped for a little bit and then of course I got weak and just put it back next to my bed <laughs> but you gotta move it again it is hard because I mean for me that's such a negative trigger where I'll open my phone instantly and I'll be like oh look I have I've lost three Twitter followers and so I'm starting my day <laughs> she's off. obsessed with Twitter I'm, are you as obsessed with it no because you because no. you have secured like you're self assured as like a comedian and stuff. I'm not. I'm certainly so, not self assured, believe me. But I don't give well, you've a seen rat's it. ass if someone does or doesn't follow me. Yeah, who cares? She's a that's, Well, no, I'm not. I mean, I just look. At by the way, at Kristen Carney. Yeah, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna go unfollow me. Now. Right, exactly. Just, like I'm gonna fuck with you. How, how can someone know, unfollow before they? Follow? How do you know how many unfollow you? Well, because my my count went down. Oh, by like three. Like I had. 3,111, and now I have 3,108. And then are you going back to your tweets saying, like, what did I put out there? They didn't now lie. that I don't give a shit about. I'm just kind of like, oh, look at this other person who has now 5,000 new followers, and I have more than lost me. three. And yeah. so then I get really down on myself. I do. And so it's a horrible way. And I start my day like that every morning. Yeah, well, this is the way, way to, re- to, to yeah. reframe those thoughts. Okay. So first of all, don't even look at your Twitter in the morning. But the affirmations can actually really help you. Like, I may have lost I don't know if I 3,000 Twitter followers, but I'm freaking awesome. Yeah. It, it really does. Do it, honestly, Just not it really awesome helps. at Twitter. You right. know what I mean? Like, you could be, you know, <laughs> right. LeBron James might suck but at I'm Twitter. Not. 
Right. But he doesn't suck at basketball. Right. But you know, the thing is, at least he's really good at something. I'm mediocre at everything. I think that's what it is. But anyway, let's move on. To <laughs> well, you're topic. fantastic. Well, if you're mediocre at everything, then you're great at being mediocre at everything. That's exactly. That's what I'm saying. So somebody, Affirmation. Somebody on my newsletter list, like one of the members of um, my website, winggirlmethod.com, they forwarded, forwarded me this article that was written in the Business Insider that is about why women find narcissists irresistible. You want to hear yeah. that? Okay. So I think this can apply actually to humans in general. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are attracted to narcissists. Well, it's funny. Even because, if it's the same sex. Well, this, this morning as well, uh, I was reading The Week, which is part of my routine uh, in the morning. And it was there was this article in there that was talking about how um, we speak to our children can potentially make them more narcissistic. And for a split second, I thought that might be a good thing. Like some narcissists do you know, rule the world. So it may not be a horrible thing. And then I, you know, backpedaled and thought differently. If there's better ways to talk to your kids that you're not a narcissist, you're just a confident person. But um, I, it, we had talked about it recently on our show where a lot of studies are kind of skewed and they don't have a really, you know, large pool of people uh, who they're surveying. But this article basically says that women are more attracted to narcissists because they find them magnetically alluring. But the the thing is, is that they were asking several questions and I'll get down to it. Um, They were asking, I'm not even going to say the specific questions, but they were asking questions that weren't necessarily talking about a narcissistic person. It, It kind of skewed to talking about a more confident person, but they were connecting it. Well, they overlap so much that it's... They do because in in your mind, like, would you rather be around somebody who is the life of the party and people like being around them or the person who's sitting in the corner and could potentially be a great conversationalist, but doesn't, you can't really see him because he's sitting in the corner. You're going, most people I would say would select the first option that I listed, but they were tying that behavior to being a narcissist. But I know that this is the belief of many men out there that women actually do like guys who are more self-centered, who are assholes, who are players, who are bad boys. Do you um, find that to be true? I wanted to talk or about Or is that it. just a cliche? I mean, unfortunately, I do find it to be true. You know, um, having dated a bunch and talking to guys, uh, and and I have a lot of uh, friends that are women who tell me, like, you know, they're always with, I shouldn't say always, I got to stop, I got to eliminate that word from my vocabulary, but often. Always eliminate um, it. Yeah, always eliminated. <laughs> Often, um, yeah, they're always like, well, this and this about the guy. And, and it's one of those things like, you know, he's not right for you, but there is an attraction. And yeah, I do find that that the, you know, nice guys finish last when it comes to uh, these ladies sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you think it is about the narcissist or the player that actually attracts them? Because it's not their asshole behavior. No, absolutely not. I think it's the, and it could be a false confidence, but I think that's attractive. I think you know, it is. Uh, confidence and um, sense of humor. And uh, those are great things to have. But when you start taking it over the edge, like I, I'm on Instagram, okay? And I watch people's photo f- feeds and I can't get over the behavior. Like here I am at the gym. I'm making a salad. I'm do- like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, everyone, it is disgusting. Instagram, I like actually more than Twitter because I myself am not you know, a wordsmith for 140 characters, Mm -hmm. but I'd like a funny picture. And I feel like I, that sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words. You don't have to say anything, but I watch these people in their lives and uh, it's pretty, it's sad. It's sad. It is sad. And what's even sadder is that it's so reinforced by the feedback 
That's right. So it's like the girl who's posting the pictures of me at the gym and now my butt and then now me looking really pretty with my makeup perfect. And now people, they get well, so many likes. Well, that only got 20 likes. And let me put another, li- let me put right. another one up and hope that right. gets more and right. more. And you get, you, I am in this new world and I have a, a new daughter. So I am, I am concerned. I want to teach her that, and this is something we didn't even have when we grew up, is that don't live your life for likes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't what who but matters zero in the scheme of things. Yeah. That, that you know, like, let me ask like let me ask a question because I, I like what I'm hearing. Okay, I don't want to get like down a complaining path about Instagram, but um I do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> but this is ask women. So we want to help guys with women. So let's let's focus on that. So let's go back to being a narcissist. So people who post a lot about themselves are narcissists? I would say the, the people I'm talking about are. They're in every photo they take. It's not a photo of something I found beautiful. It's me in this photo of something, whatever it is. Here I am on the treadmill. We don't need a fucking picture of you on the treadmill. Just work out. <laughs> There's something better you could be doing with but your so what, hour So what of is time. it about people who are like that that become attractive and appealing to men I think and what, women? I think other people want their... I think it's interesting because I think the people posting those photos want the validation of all the likes, but then I think the people liking the photo want the validation of that person with that much confidence to put the photo up. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that they are doing a whole bunch of different things. You're seeing multiple um, different types of actions throughout one day, which paints the picture of a full life that they want to share that they're proud of. I think that that becomes appealing to people who are watching. And that could potentially be why those people who are watching who may not be taking the same action view those people as a higher value. But for for women... I mean, for me personally, and it's not just about Instagram. I mean, you can apply this to other things. But for me, when I first got on Instagram, I didn't... I would... I refused to post a picture of myself. I like was disgusted by the people posting just selfies and pictures like that. And then... um. And then all of a sudden I saw that's, oh, that's what's getting people the likes. And that's what's, so then I found my wall breaking down and I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll post one picture. And then I remember a friend commented like, this is so not you to post that. And now it's not that I do it all the time, but I do it because I actually read in in an article, posting an occasional selfie will boost your self-esteem. And I read an article where they say posting selfies, the people that do it are the most narcissistic people on the planet. Now I'm talking about the extent of them. I, I think it's right. But, you're it, right. but, but what, it, what I'm saying is that I've learned the behavior because I'm seeing the other positive feedback people get from being narcissistic. And I'm looking for some of that feedback as well, or that validation. So then I'm like, oh, maybe even though I'm not narcissistic, maybe I can put that out there to the world because then I'll start getting feedback the way those people will get feedback and yeah. I'll feel even to them or yeah. feel okay about myself. Well, once well, in a no, while. That's a, that's a wonderful thing that you've learned because this is, I want the guys who are listening to this show to learn something from narcissistic behavior without actually being narcissists. Right. So like, I, I know a lot of the guys who listen and who write to me, um, they get concerned about moving away from nice guy behavior and becoming a little bit more aggressive because they look at it as being aggressive and an asshole rather than looking at it as confident and assertive. And usually the guys that are perturbed about that kind of behavior, I'll say to them, are you a good guy? And they typically say, yes, I am a good guy. I respect women. Um, I have a lot of friends. I have a great life. And so I usually say, if you start being more assertive, if you start being more confident and putting more pictures up on Instagram, people will not view you as being an asshole. They won't view you. Because they already know you're a nice guy. Because you're already a good person as well. The people who are labeled as narcissists are, are 
underneath that, that's like a psychological disorder where um, they're unable to care about other people. Their their friendships aren't as connected. Um, they don't have more meaningful connections to people. Their confidence levels are definitely not as high on a realistic level. But that is a narcissist. So I, I completely understand in this article why women are attracted to narcissists. Sadly, a lot of women on the back end, um, after they've gotten into a relationship with somebody that they find really charismatic, really confident, um, uh, super uh, sexy, assertive, all of those things, they find out afterwards that they're with a narcissist and hope for the potential of turning them around and you're not not going to. And that's what happens. And that's for, for a lot of guys watching that scenario that's really challenging for them and i totally understand that, that because i think that's the appeal too yeah. that I, I i circled around but the um you know it is exciting the bad boy is exciting that's exciting and you want you know? the bad boy to see you that's and right. approve of you and that. bring you into his like cool world so what can guys learn from this article how can they apply the characteristics of a narcissist let's say to their own lives, but instead of being a narcissist, they would just be an awesome guy. How do they how do they learn from that article? Or this study that was done? Oh, like 146 people. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I, it's a tough question and I'm certainly yeah. not uh, certified. I have a BS in mass communications. <laughs> but I um what I here's the thing I think. I think that once all the walls are really broken down, you really truly get to know that person, you can find out if the whole facade is real or if they really are just a narcissistic piece of shit and then you have to get out and that's the hard part because everything that you that it brought you in is what's kept you there and now you're seeing something else that you're not attracted to and you have to get out i think for sure for women that's great but for guys who are listening for guys guys. how to how to because i feel like it boils down you own that behavior i would say down to self-confidence sense of humor and making a woman feel safe I really, the safe thing, also keep a pick. If you're a single dude, mm-hmm. keep a jar of pickles in the fridge. <laughs> way it works way more than it doesn't. Um, <laughs> what? But I'm, I keep my, like the place clean. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had women come over throughout the years of dating and say, wow, I feel safe here. And nothing makes me feel better than that because I know that it's an environment where she's comfortable to speak and open up to me and Take her shoes, whatever. I mean, hell, have sex with you. Like, take no her one's, shoes off. She no can one's take ever. her shoes off. <laughs> so big. Right. I feel safe with my feet exposed. outside. I just cleaned the carpet. Yeah. I want you to feel safe. <laughs> I, um, I mean, nothing is going to happen if you don't feel safe. You right. know what I mean? And uh, clean. Keep your place clean. I always tell single dudes, keep your place like you're expecting a woman to drop by at any time. Mm-hmm. And, and they feel comfortable. And then... The conversation is the best. I mean, I, I've had women tell me things that I can't believe they told me. And I know they told me because they felt comfortable with the environment they were literally sitting in and the person they were talking to because I made them feel comfortable that they could open up. How did them. you make them feel comfortable to get them into your place? Well, that starts with just, you know, who you are and want you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got like a hundred thousand Twitter followers. You got, so. No, yes, not even close. Not yeah. even close. You have to, um, you have to be a good listener. I, I mean, and I don't mean just go, uh-huh, uh-huh, and not. I mean, really listen and take it in and maybe ask questions back. And, yeah. you know, well, once... I, I, sorry, I can say for the guys listening, you do give off that vibe. It's a safe vibe, but you, you don't seem weak, but you feel safe. No. I can feel that. One of my favorite sayings is, I come in peace, ready for war. 
And that is exactly how well, I, cool. I like, like I am here peacefully peaceful. But if you want to start some shit, <laughs> I'm going to bring some shit. I'm not going to walk away. Yeah. I love yeah. that shit. You're yeah. not a pussy. No. But, you know, and I want my daughter to feel that way, too. You know, I want her to be safe where she is. And I want her to, to um, you know, be a good communicator, you know. And part of it is asking the right questions to a guy or or to a woman. You know, I certainly... There have been times where I've gone up and just choked on my words or tried to ask a girl out or whatever it was. And I had the confidence to do that, but I didn't have the confidence in what I was saying all the time. And that's just a huge turnoff. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're like, um, well, um, I mean, just like (laughs) next, next. Do you think that's changed now for you? Well, it's changed because I don't do it anymore. You right. Know. But when you were, you were single. Think back to the days when you were single. Yeah, I, it's not, it wasn't that long ago. Um, yeah, it changed. I mean, but for me, it changed in a way where because I'm a comedian, I could get them to laugh. And as soon as you get someone to laugh, they, so much happens. Now we, we know that we may share a sense of humor. Now we know that some things are funny to us and it's, like, I, I don't know why more um, dating sites don't do shows at comedy clubs. Because yeah. one of the things I watch people do, like, I'll see a guy and a girl who are at different tables, and they laugh, and they look at each other. And that right there Perfect immediately match. is an icebreaker. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't you, after the show, go up and go, man, that shit that guy or girl was saying over there was hilarious, blah, blah, blah. And then it becomes small talk. Let's go out. Just have confidence and a sense of humor. and. That's going to get you most girls. It definitely will be. But for a lot of guys who are listening, like, hey, but how do I do that? How do I just be myself? How do I just connect? How how do you do those things? Stop asking yourself those questions and just be. Bruce Lee said, be like water. Water poured into a cup becomes the cup. Water rolling down a stream becomes the stream. Water in a puddle becomes the puddle. Be like water. Okay, I like that. Does that mean to adapt to your environment and to not really stay true to who you are? I mean, I kind of get a sense. Water's like, always water. True. Okay. So, yeah. but adapt to your environment, yes. But but maintaining but still the be truth water, to yourself. Still be you. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, actually, I'd like an example from you. So, let's say there are these two people who are at a comedy show and they're watching. And they both like laugh at the same moment. They look over at each other. Walk me through if that was you. That was me. And somebody said something and I was like, oh my God. And I look over and I see this really cute girl and we are both laughing and looking at each other. I would wait until after the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would approach her and talk to her and, you know, first immediately about what we were laughing about. Like, okay. oh my God, that guy was, or, you know, that lady was so funny. Um, it's so true. Blah, blah, blah. What's your name? Um, you know, are you hanging out for a bit? Are you here with friends? Whatever. Can I buy you a drink? Oh, you're here with a girlfriend. Can I buy you both a drink? Whatever. Oh, I don't drink. Great. You want some iced tea? Want some water? I mean, just got to keep going with it. That's okay. how I would start. And then... Um, it becomes, you know, whatever, what do you do? Where do you live? All that sort of thing. We should hang out sometime or whatever. Give me your email or here's, I always also too, I would give my information to the girl. Really? That makes it feel safe. That way, if she didn't want to give her number to me, uh, now I can't be bugging or texting or anything. Here's my info. I put it on you though. Like I want you to feel safe, but if you want to hang out, call me, text me. And how often does that work for you? More than, than it didn't. Really? Yeah, I mean, and then you also, you get your answer, though. If she never calls, then whatever, you know. But I I wouldn't, if I was a woman, I wouldn't want every dude giving me, I wouldn't pass out my number. I just wouldn't pass out my number everywhere. Because I'd be worried that in a lottery of 10 people, there's going to be two crazies. And those two crazies are worth 
200 fucking crazy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't yeah. need to deal with that shit. Well, what do you think about that? Like, if a, if a guy said, listen, I, I totally get it. You give your number out a lot. Here's my number. Would you, if you I would love him, that. I know you love it, but would you contact him? If I liked him. Really? Yeah. If I didn't like him, I absolutely wouldn't. But okay. be like, hey, here's my number so you can annoy me. No, I would not. Exactly. not text but right. what if you were iffy on him? If you're like, I don't know. If I was iffy, um, if I was iffy and curious, then I would text him. If I was iffy and not really curious, then I wouldn't text him. Then it would be my answer of like, no, I didn't. I didn't feel it. Okay. Yeah. I find that. But, but what I what I just want to say about the like people like say in a stand up show, I know for me doing stand up, being a chick on stage can be dif- different different with people who are already coupled. And I always feel like I see mismatches in the audience because I'll see the guy laughing and looking like he's having a good time. And I'll see the girl giving me daggers. And I want to say to the dude, ditch the bitch. <laughs> she sucks. She, you're with an asshole. Get rid of her. Because <laughs> he looks like an easygoing, nice, fun guy. And he's with like a cunty girl. And obviously he has a good sense of humor. He's laughing at, at what I say. Or he's just really giving. <laughs> right. That's why yeah. he's with her. But yeah, I mean, I always see mismatches. But that, I think that's a good idea. But I, I want to talk more about that. But um, we have to get to the second half of our show. But let's like give a wrap up on what we've learned from this article about narcissistic behavior being attractive to women. So are we saying that that in reality, it's not narcissistic behavior that's attractive? It's just it's the confidence that's it's attractive. It's the aura that's it's attractive. The, okay. It's the aura of... I value myself. Yeah. I think yes. I'm awesome and I can do whatever I want. That's what it's trying Well, there's a difference between a Kanye West and someone who's just super confident in what they do and right. knows it and goes about their business. Because the Kanye West or is ugly. That's yeah, that's ugly and gross. But not the sum. Clearly not right. the sum. Right. You know, the guy's got so many fans. But I think that sometimes um, someone who's confident and self-assured gets labeled miscorrectly uh, or incorrectly, excuse me, um, narcissistic. And I don't think that's fair. I think that, but, that but I there's think, a lot of blanket uh, narcissistic stuff. Yeah. Right. But I think one thing that I do, I'm just going to add in, even though it might not really add any information, is that uh, I think narcissistic, narcissistic people can be a little sociopathic and they can really be good at manipulating and making themselves look not narcissistic. And so people want to be around them because they're kind of magnetic, but they seem really giving or or wanting to learn about you. But I think it's really like a manipulative tool. And I think people should look out for that. Just I know some people like that. So I'm just giving the warning. Yeah, for they sure. I've, I've met people like that yeah. as well. I think that later on, once you get but, deeper into a relationship or knowing another person, that's when you get to see whether or not that behavior right. Um, yeah, that's right. Is followed up that's right. by other narcissists. Yeah, you're not going to see that on a couple of dates. No, but, but I understand how it's really frustrating for yeah. guys. Like, why would you be with this douchebag? Right. Like, I'm awesome. But what they're not is they're not confident. They don't value themselves. And they're not putting themselves out there the same way. So that's what I want guys to take away from that. You don't have to be a narcissist to that's attract right. women. You have to be confident, put yourself out there, and have high self-value. And make them feel safe. And make them feel safe. Clean your rug so they Clean can take your toilet. In a Seinfeld episode, which I always reference on the show, uh, and the Spongeworthy episode, Elaine has a limited <laughs> amount of sponges that she can use. <laughs> and she says to the guy, she's te- you know testing to see if he's worth the sponge. Spongeworthy. And she said, did you clean your bathroom? He's like, I cleaned it. She's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, in the second half of the show, again, we have Vanessa Van Edwards, who is a body language expert. She uh, 
runs and owns the scienceofpeople.com, where she teaches people to be the best and most memorable person in the room, which is pretty awesome because I yeah. want everybody listening to to learn how to do that. So we're going to talk to her right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting, or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty, and you'll find out all about it. We need a new intro because there is no intro right now. Basically, it's just you depressingly opening up the show. So um, we would love to have a new intro for our show and we want to have the people who listen to our show possibly help us create that new intro. So here is what I wanted to announce that starting today until the very end of June, we are going to have an open contest where you can send us raps or songs or whatever the hell you want that you think would be the best intro for our show. I want you to upload them to YouTube or whatever format you can upload, whatever you're going to create, upload it to YouTube again or anywhere else. Um, and then tweet it out to at Ask Women Podcast, hashtag Ask Women Podcast intro. And by the end of June, hopefully we'll have at least four submissions. And I have a feeling we're going to get a few fart noises. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be about it. <laughs> and then we will decide at the very end of June if we like one of them, uh, if that new intro or that new whatever you put out there will be the new intro for our show. So again, upload it wherever you're going to upload it to and then send it out, tweet it out to us at Ask Women Podcast and then hashtag Ask Women Podcast intro. This is how we get free things. Right, exactly. I'm really excited to see what people come up with. So we're putting it on you guys. I'm scared. Yes. I'm not actually scared. I'm really excited. I think our everybody who listens to our show is awesome, or at least from what I believe in my own mind, they're awesome. Um, but please do that. Upload it, send it to us, hashtag it. And then at the end of June, we will decide uh, who wins and gets to be our new intro for our show. Or we might say, fuck all of you. We hate these. Nothing's happening. We're keeping it as is. Um, but yeah, it, the contest is starting Come on, more now. than one submission. Yeah, exactly. More, although I do love that rap, but if we could get at least one more, that'd be, <laughs> be awesome. really amazing to choose from. All right, guys, it's up to you. Please start sending your submissions now. Again, end of June is when we are ending it and then making our final decision.
Cool. Hey guys, we're back with Vanessa Van Edwards, judging my body language currently as I have my hands between as my we legs, all are. and I'm shrugging my shoulders uncomfortably. You're just cold. Don't I'm worry. just cold. Yes, not self conscious at all. See, she can read body language. She knows exactly what's mind. going on. Oh, no, definitely not. Okay, good. Body language and mind reading are totally different things. Okay, good. Actually, so I want to hear about that, but first I want to say um, we were introduced through Jordan Harbinger, but I'm sure you hate talking about this, but I I know your uncle from a very long time ago. I'll go over it briefly because you are awesome on your own. Um, But her uncle is somebody very big in the pickup artist industry who I met at the very beginning of my career. The first person I ever met, I met him at a rabbi's house. Um, And he actually, (laughs) he helped me get into that world um, and then learn about how to have a business. So even though I may think certain things of him now, he was wonderful at that point. So just letting you know <laughs> So that. she hates her and uncle I, now. And I met the rest of her family much. as well. I went over for Shabbat dinner. It was fantastic. Anyway, so back you're to Jewish, you. Because you are awesome on your own, separate from that. Um, but I, I've actually been posting some of your videos on my okay. website because or I'm stealing your stuff. But I'm giving you full credit for it. I love it. But I think that a lot of your videos that I've been watching, um, especially the one on the five habits of charismatic people, which got a really good response from the people who are on my website, are just fantastic, easy, simple things that people can do, similar to the exercises that we were talking about on the first half of the show. And you call it an exercise. I'm not doing it, by the way. We need to find a new term. I don't even know. What, what is another word for Practice, it? maybe. You don't want that challenge. Practice? No, I definitely don't. Similar to the easy <laughs> things that you can do there to make know. things happen. That's what they call sell it dessert. Yes, desserts. Desserts. That I talked about at the top of the show. So I, I would love for you to talk to us about body language, how to use your own body, the things that you are. Can we also hear on. about the five charismatics? Yes, and the five charismatics. Yeah. So it's funny, earlier in the show, you guys were talking about being a narcissist. And I think that from a scientific perspective, I'm a science geek. So you'll have to forgive me. No, please. Um, I like science. That, you know, really when we're talking about narcissists, we're talking about alphas. And we right. can't, women especially, we can't help but be attracted to those alpha cues because from an evolutionary perspective, we're coded to be with a man who can take care of us. So when you're talking exactly. about comfort, it's very similar. And so I think that when we're talking about specific cues, um, alpha cues and charisma cues are actually quite similar. Um, but I think that there's a, the biggest difference is intent. Yeah. Intention. And so MIT Media Lab did a, a research study on what people remember. And being charismatic means you're extremely memorable. What they found was, is that people don't remember what you said. They don't remember what you wore, or what you looked like. They remember what it felt like to be with you. Yeah. And so when you're with someone, especially a man being with a woman, you want to encourage those good, positive, secure feelings. And I have a little bee in my bonnet. Can I, can I talk about it? Yeah. I also love that phrase. I was really wanting to use it, <laughs> <laughs> it which is uh, negging. So okay. I know negging is, is talked about a lot in the seduction community. Um, and I think that narcissists typically will use negging or want to be narcissists will use negging as a yeah. way to get a woman's attention. The problem with that is, is negging, which is like a slightly negative um, comment towards women. So you're talking about couldn't it be called could negging because I don't really fully yeah. under, know what negging is. Could that also be used as like busting balls? Like is that another? Well, way remember to before say we started our show, Ryan was talking about that other company I've, and I've about had going friends up to a girl. It. They walk up and go, "Oh, your your teeth are a little crooked, but you're a really pretty girl." Yeah. And it's then yeah. boom. Oh, it's feeding on an insecurity mean. or okay. something. That's really mean. Yeah. Okay. So the problem with that is. It creates, yeah, it creates a negative feeling right away. 
And because we remember the feeling that we had when you were with someone, even if you can turn it and make them laugh a few seconds later, that immediate negative feeling is actually what your lasting impression is. They remember being with you and they're like, oh, it felt a little uncomfortable. They made me laugh, but I also felt uncomfortable. But it hurt. Yeah. And so you're going to have a much harder time on the other end building a connection because you have to overcome that initial feeling of negativity. Right. So what charisma, charismatic people do is they start on a high. So uh, I will briefly go over this study. So what they yeah. did was they had waiters in a hotel room deliver room service breakfast. And in this hotel, they didn't have windows on the outside. They had windows facing an internal courtyard. And so they had half of the hotel waiters go into the room, knock on the door and say, uh, good morning, here's your breakfast. On the other half of the hotel, they had the waiters go knock on the door and say, good morning, here's your breakfast. It's beautiful weather outside. Hmm. So a very innocuous, small... And they were lying. It was actually pouring rain. (laughs) I think they actually (laughs) waited to have a good day because they didn't want to make it a lie. Just in case someone had looked it up. And what they found was is that the waiters who had that little tiny positive comment got a 30%, 32% higher tip than the people on the other side. Really? So what they, this is this idea that starting on a high, even if it's a really silly small comment, like going up to someone after a comedy show and saying, wasn't that so funny, is better than saying, didn't that suck? Yeah. Because that feeling of positivity or negativity, same thing with negging, is extremely memorable. And that's what starts someone off on that charisma that really works. Mm, I love that. Well, can, can we dive into negging a little bit more? Sure. I just figured out why I'm not charismatic. <laughs> I'm an incredibly negative person. Like, I hate myself. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Chris. <laughs> but that's, I don't want to be around. But see, that's girl. a good point. So I used to go into, before I read this study, I'd go to parties or networking events. And I would say like, oh, the weather's horrible. Parking was so hard. I got lost. We don't even think about it. But the problem is, is you're actually starting on a low and you have to fight your way out of that canyon if you do that. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. Right. Well, because, but with negging, so for a lot of guys that are listening, um, they believe that negging gets them attraction. So why, why does it work? Yeah. So the reason why it works is because it's a disruptor behavior. Okay. So from a psychological perspective, um, anytime someone insults you in public, it's different, right? We're not usually insulted in public. And our brains pay attention to a couple things. They pay attention to objects in motion. So um, when we talk about body language, you know, I I always encourage men to like get up and walk across the bar to get a drink as opposed to just the closest opening um, because we just cannot help but think, watch things in motion. Same with pattern disruptions. So if we're talking to someone, it's, what do you do? Where are you from? Sounds good. And so boring. All of a sudden that, you know, your teeth are a little bit crooked or um, your, your, your picture isn't, you're, you're prettier than your picture or whatever. The record stops. You're like, what? Yeah, exactly. And then you're like, what? what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's a pattern disruption. So you remember it. Now that doesn't mean that it's a positive memory, but they do remember it. Okay. So that's why it has some aspect of quote unquote working. Okay. However, I think for the long term, you actually have to dig yourself out of the hole. Okay. Well, can can you tell me why? I understand how the pattern interruption get, definitely gets people to pay more attention. But um, for guys who do use negging, can uh, I give you an alternative to negging? Yes. Okay. So I, I let's use the pattern interrupt concept to our advantage. So what I like to do is I like ballsy, adventurous. Even even offensive conversation starters are be- better than nagging. Okay. So, for example, do not ask a woman what she does. Do not ask her where she's from. Ask her questions that she's never been asked before. So, even if that's a little weird and a little personal, that's a better pattern disruption, especially if it's producing a positive memory. For example, I always ask people, "What's your personal passion project?" It's a little personal. It's not what you do, 
but it instantly gets people to, they've not heard of it before. Everyone loves talking about their personal passion project. And I also learn a lot about them. I'm right. like, I don't, I don't have one. I hate you and I have to project. Yeah. That's a great I'd be like, question, I'm working though. on not being constipated all the time. You know, like, I don't, but we'd have like a really funny, great conversation. Because you have no right. idea what would come out of your mouth. You're like, uh, well, yeah. I imagine too that who doesn't want to talk about their passion and right. boom, you immediately open up a door and you're like, oh, wow, I would yeah. never pick that you were a person that, that, um, you know, races yachts. Yeah. And who so, knew? And sometimes people say, <laughs> I don't know, you know, gosh, I haven't thought about it. And they actually think. Yeah. How rare is it that you're at a bar or at a party and someone actually has to think with their brain to answer your question? <laughs> or someone goes, oh, and they kind of smile sheepishly and they're like, you know, I, I just love travel photography. And all of a sudden, you never would have found this out about them. I've learned the most fascinating people things about people by asking that question. So questions like that, use that instead of nagging because that mm-hmm. makes you a pattern disruptor with a positive memory. Yeah. Does that create the same feeling of attraction? Because like, I... Oh, I yes. Okay. And yes. So how do you how do you take that initial conversation and lead it towards attraction or build on that attraction? So um, we'll go down the five patterns a little more. So starting on a high, um, I call um, that interesting conversation starter turning people on because when you do that, when people talk about themselves, when you look at the brain, the same part of the brain that lights up when you talk about yourself is the same part of the brain that lights up when you orgasm. So talking about ourselves is incredibly rewarding. We love it, um, especially if it's something that we haven't said over and over again, like, what do you do? Where are you from? So you're actually giving them like a mental orgasm, a mindgasm when you do that because people... Bam. Yeah. The game. Bam. Yeah. Right. Uh, so dirty on the show. Give that mental... Oh, yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> because they are, they are pumping dopamine in their brain and dopamine is that reward chemical. So they're pumping dopamine. You've asked this really good question. Then what do you do? So the next really important charismatic cue that we don't think of is embracing vulnerabilities. Okay. And the reason for this is because we think that we should wait to mention our vulnerabilities until the end, right? That's right. Especially in a, like a job interview or on a date, you're like, don't mention the, <laughs> right? Everyone right. has like that thing. Don't mention the dead body in my trunk. Okay, exactly. So the problem with that is everyone knows that we do this. So psychologically, especially women are thinking, when is the other shoe going to drop? Like okay. they're on the date, they're at the car co- and they're like, He's kind of cute. He's kind of funny. He must be something wrong. He knows yeah, about what's, my passion what's wrong? Yeah, he knows all about my, <laughs> my, my love of crayon um, and my vision board. Um, and, and they're like, and they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so you're actually better off bringing up your vulnerability early on. And this also proves right in a job interview as well. And that also shows them uh, a way to connect with you. For example, Richard Wiseman did a study where he hired two actresses to go into a mall and set up a, a blender station. So they had this blender station and a one actress had this beautiful demo. She was like, put this banana in the blender and press. And it made this great smoothie and she poured it for everyone and she sold the blender. And then after that, um, they had the same actress, same blender, same everything. Here's the banana, put it in the smoothie. But while she was pouring it, she spilled it all over the table. Okay. Okay. She sold way more. She sold way more. Not only did she sell way more, but people viewed her as more likable and more charismatic. She's just like me. I'm clumsy. I mess up sometimes. Exactly. And so we think that we should hide these vulnerabilities, but it actually makes the other person feel more comfortable. Yeah, it's endearing, huh? Yeah, and it makes you more relatable. So I would say... I would say if that was 100% true, I would be super successful right now. (laughs) Like I've been to a couple of meetings and things where I totally fuck up. And I think it's endearing, but then I never hear back. So where's like a good medium? Well, do you start on a high? 
Probably, Probably not. not. Right. <laughs> so what no. happens is if you start on a low, right, and then you talk, talk about vulnerabilities, they see you as Debbie Downer. Yes. Yeah. They're like, oh, God, and she can't even pour him <laughs> banana. <laughs> this this sad, like, <laughs> she's trembling. She's a jinx. Don't be, don't keep her around. Give me some paper towels, Carol. This one's a mess. And some tissues. <laughs> and, and the reason for that, I mean, that, that makes sense because if you think about it, someone comes to the room and they make that first impression. And we don't talk about first impressions in depth, but first impressions are extremely permanent. They're 76% accurate. People can guess your personality traits, five your five personality traits with 76% accuracy. So if you start on a high and they go, oh, a positive, friendly person. And then you mention vulnerability. That vulnerability becomes a corollary to the rule as opposed to a proof of the rule. If you start on a low and then you mention the vulnerability, it becomes proof of the negative rule. Mm, Okay. I don't mean to get too... No, no, it's not. It's not you at all. It makes complete sense. Very so, simple. And when we talk about personality, I, I, I think personality science is fascinating, especially when it comes to dating. Um, there are five different personality traits, and these are extremely backed up in science. They're used across the board. Um, they are openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. We are extremely good at guessing someone's five traits, except we are not very good at guessing neuroticism. That's the one that it's especially hard. women tend to hide it. People just look at Jews and they're like, Oh, duh. <laughs> exactly. Um, I call the neuroticism the Woody Allen. Yeah. That's why I wish I was Jewish because I'm super neurotic and people wouldn't really know that about me. <laughs> I like, I'm proud of being neurotic. Yeah. Actually, we, we should own our personality traits. It's called the free trait theory. And so one thing that you can do as a man when you're talking to women is you can respect their personality traits and communicate with them based on their personality. So for example, okay. if your gut is telling you this woman is high conscientious, so she's detail-oriented, she loves planning, um, she remembers things very well, you would be better off appealing to that part of her natural personality okay. by saying, you're probably really good at making plans. What do you want to do for our next date? So you actually call I like her that. by noticing what comes naturally to her. And that's a, it honors who she is. B, it shows that you're extremely perceptive. And C, you're going to learn more about who she really is or not. Because she might say, oh, no, I might look put together, but I'm not. And you go, oh, okay, that was interesting to know. Yeah. And um, you learn a lot about them. This is fascinating. Okay, yeah. what are the other three um, traits? Yes. So, oh, 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 for personality science. Okay, so, um, so the other three traits are openness. So that's imagination, creativeness, you have a high open woman, she's going to love trying new restaurants. She's going to love going new places. You have a low open woman, she loves her favorite place down the street. She always orders the same thing. She likes her tried and two traditions. And those are both okay. That's the thing with personality traits is right. people sometimes get ashamed. I love you own your neuroticism. I'm also neurotic and I own it. Um, for a long time, I was really ashamed of it. Um, and I, I was like, spontaneous was a dirty word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm not that girl. Yeah. I'm not that girl yeah. who can just you know, run out the door and go kayaking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I never got the spontaneous. Yeah. It's not that intriguing. Yeah, so um, I think that owning um, owning that and honoring your woman, whether whichever one she is. Great. Um, extroversion. So most people don't know there's actually a middle trait called ambiversion. So ambiverts can turn on or off their extroversion or introversion. I'm an, Ooh, I, I'm an amber virgin. I'm a amber virgin. Yeah. I didn't what even is, know that. Amber virgin. What is it? <laughs> amber. Ambervert. Ambervert. Sounds like a dinosaur. I'm I mean, an amber virgin works too, but <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, what's interesting about that is most of us think we have to fall into one category, but if you're like me, none of them, neither of them really sounded yeah. right to you. Yeah. yeah. And so what's important for you is to understand where your woman is an introvert and where she is an extrovert. For example, I hate nightclubs. 
Like I am like a like a weird. You're neurotic. You can't I, like I nightclubs. can't. Like I just. I'd rather just be the worst. in the bathroom. Like I just. I can't do it. So for me, I'm a total introvert in nightclub. However, in like learning environments, conferences, networking events, like I love it. I'm very extroverted. And so, as a man, if you want to know where your woman thrives, especially if it's early on in the relationship, knowing her thrive versus survive locations is the most important thing. And I would actually ask her like a sexy conversation starter is, are you an ambivert or are you extrovert or introvert? And they're like, what's an ambivert? And then you can tell them and then you can <laughs> talk about it. Amber alert, like this guy's right. a freak. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you say ambivert, not amber alert. <laughs> um, so like you can actually be very transparent about asking her. Um, it's a great way to have a conversation. I love all these. Mm-hmm. Th- was, do we just cover all three of them? Yeah, yeah. the other three. Yes, we yes, did. We did. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is really cool. cool. And then actually, I want to get to a couple of the questions from our uh, listeners. But if you want to see the other three charismatic uh, habits, go traits, habits. Yeah, habits. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Go to my website or go to the Science of People to find those other traits because I think that it was really, really helpful information. Thank you for sharing that stuff. Um, so we have a segment that's called Overanalyze This, where writer listeners write into us, ask us questions, and we overanalyze their situation to death and then potentially, uh, you know, give them an answer. Okay. Hey, guys, thank you so much for an awesome podcast. So much advice. About a year ago, an old friend of mine that I lived with in the dorms, female, posted a picture of one of her sorority sisters on Instagram, and she's absolutely gorgeous. I'm fairly certain she's not seeing anyone at the moment. I've been contemplating texting he's my friends. He's been stalking her. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how he knows, by the way. I'm fairly certain she's not seeing anyone at the moment and I've been uh, contemplating texting my friend to see if she would be willing to casually introduce us somehow so that I have a way to get to know her and possibly ask her out. Do you think this would be a weird favor to ask? The only real problem I see with this is that I haven't talked to this girl in a while, so it might be awkward asking this favor. What do you guys think? Thanks. Any advice on what to do and how to bring it up would be appreciated. What do you think? You're looking at me? Anybody. I think it will be awkward. <clears throat> I, it, it will be awkward, and it depends on how much you want it. Yeah, it will be a little weird. But if you really want to meet her, just own the awkwardness. And I would say, like, you know, this is a little awkward. That's right. I haven't talked to you. I know I haven't talked to you for a while. And I don't want to know I, anything about you. I don't you. want to know anything about you. <laughs> yeah. That girl that you're friends with. <laughs> yeah. Own it, right? Like, don't pretend it's not awkward because it will be. Yeah. Well, even what you were saying before, like, own the fact that you are neurotic. Own the fact that you've been stalking her. Yeah, exactly. It's, if you own anything and can be semi-bashful about that, even using the, the couple of traits that mm-hmm. you've listed, like be positive about it. Like, listen, I know that this is a little bit awkward right now. Um, hope you're doing well, blah, blah, blah. But I'd love to get this person's number. I know you're friends with her. It'd be great to have an introduction. And then she can feel great about introducing you or she can feel great about protecting her friend from the creepster who's awkward. You also might want to know if you're the friend thinks you're a good match, right? Like you can say like, I would really like to meet this girl. If you think that it would be a good connection, I would love it. And that way she can say, you know, I don't think it will be. Or, yeah, great. Oh, I like It'd that. be good if the girl that he was going through already had a boyfriend so that she wouldn't feel butthurt over it. Mm. But, I mean, of course, mm. you can't predict, you know, whatever. Just ask her. But Oh, I like that. All right. Next. So do it. Yeah, just do it. Next question. Okay. I love the podcast. Longtime listener, first-time caller, as they say, and need your advice on how to navigate the Los Angeles dating world. There are two problems I'd like your help with. One is about me and the other is about women here in LA. I'm a DWM. Dude, dude with white male, but dude, dude. I don't know what the D is. 
I don't know, 50 years old. Divorce. And, oh, divorce. divorce. Oh, well done. Look at you pumping. Science and people was here. That should be and moved, and moved to L.A. from Denver about 18 months ago for work. I would honestly describe myself as average in most respects. For example, I'm tall and in decent shape, but basically plain in appearance. He actually sent a picture. He was, he was pretty cute. Um, but basically plain in appearance. I earn a comfortable middle-class, low six-figure income, but I'm not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not socially awkward at all, but I'm definitely a little reserved and maybe important for some people here. I don't work in the industry and my glitz factor is non-existent. Um, I've attached a photo for your ruthlessness evaluation. It's interesting because... Do you have the picture? Can I see it? I don't have it here, but okay. he, he, he was kind of cute. Yeah. Um but it's funny because now I'm noticing negative speak mm-hmm. from somebody because I, I'm already forming a, a point of view on this person. And to be honest, from seeing his picture and he sent us in a question, I had a positive view of him before. But as he continues on, it's like I'm seeing him a, a different way and feeling bad for him, actually. Right. Um, so problem number one, over the years, I have had a decent amount of success finding women to date or just hook up with. But if I'm being honest with myself, I have to admit one reason for this is that my standards are low. I don't know if this is a self-esteem problem. Absolutely, yes, it is. Um, Or if I'm just not as great a catch as I'd like to believe. But the reality is I have always settled. Settled for women who are not very attractive or are more desperate for a boyfriend or will sleep with anybody. I'd like to change this, but don't want to spend the rest of my life unattached. My goal is to find one great woman who might be objectively out of my league. So the question is, how does an average uh, gentleman like me attract an above average woman? Sounds like the imposter syndrome to me. Wait, so well, go on. Tell me about that. Well, he's very, you know, imposter syndrome is when you feel like you're, uh, you don't deserve your success or you uh, are a fake. And so it's interesting that he dates women below him because clearly if he's talking to a woman who's above him or a little out of his league, he feels like he's an imposter. Right. Right. So he's, it's kind of like this dichotomy or something of someone who wants a higher standard woman, but yet he put devalues himself so that he sh- feels like he shouldn't be around her. Yeah. Yeah, no, so one's, what, no one's out of your league. Right. No I don't know. I don't know what put, league. Exactly. I mean, we're all in the same league. Yeah, we're human beings. Unless you put them there, right. mm-hmm. they're not out of your That's league. That's such a good yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, well, this is this is what I would have to say. Um, all I hear from this guy whose name is Nick uh, in, in Northridge um, is negative speak about yourself. I I think that the only way that you can com- combat imposter syndrome because everyone is in your league and he is putting women out of his league and then therefore making them not making him pulling himself out of the game mm-hmm. is that he has to hold very close to him the things that make him feel above average. So he called himself an average male, mm-hmm. I think that. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you need to figure out what are the things in your life that make you feel above average. I mean, that could be anything from having like as little as having an amazing music collection to having being a great athlete, whatever it is, that's what you have to hold close because you have to think of yourself above average if you want to be able to catch someone who you also think is above average. Right. And I would actually create like a routine before you go out to remind yourself of those, almost like a success routine. Yeah, absolutely. Like we were talking about at the, the beginning of the show, having some sort of daily routine that helps you highlight and recognize these amazing attributes or these amazing things that you do that you can also put yourself up at that high level or in the same league as the, as the people that you potentially want to attract. Um, so I love what you were just saying. I would say for Nick, that's his name, for Nick, if you can make a list of 10 
awesome things about you. Um, I'm sure you have friends. Most likely they like you and they want to continuously be around you. That means you're a good person to be around. You're nice, you're caring, you're giving. If people want to continuously be around you, you've reached out to us for help, which means that you're a proactive person who sees that there's potential for change. That's also a positive person like Vanessa was talking about. Those are things that we've been able to see in you and we've only you know, known you on paper for about two and a half minutes. There's eight other unbelievable things about you that we have no idea about it. I would say write a list of those 10 things down. And just as Vanessa said, read that list before you go out. Read that list as part of your daily routine. Before you look at your cell phone, have that list printed out for you. Read it, read it out loud and own everything that's on that list. And slowly it'll start to change your mindset about how you view yourself. And then hopefully you'll start talking about yourself. What stuck out to me in his email was that he said he has like a low glitz factor because he's not in the industry and things like that. There are millions of people in the city and not every single one of them is in is in the industry. Right. So and I think that's it. attractive. I, I was yeah. going to say that that's, a, that's really, a selling point. One of the one things I was going to say. Yeah, because so many people, women can be grossed out by that. At this, especially if they've been here for a little while, you know, they know the game. They know it's not that exciting. I think coming to LA psychs out a lot of people when they do come here because they yeah. at first come here because it's like the land of hope. It's La La Land. And they come here and they start to see or they assume that LA is set up a certain way. They see people who thrive in this city. They see people who potentially get attention in the city and it can eat away at you. So the belief that he's sharing, I, I think are similar beliefs to a lot of other people who live in Los Angeles. I take this as a suggestion from a guy that lives in Los Angeles. Uh, when we were having our baby, we were in the hospital and Donna and I both noticed how many really pretty attractive nurses there were in that hospital. We couldn't get over it. And I was like, huh. And I thought about it. And I was like, if I was a single dude like doing it all over again, I wouldn't be hanging out in the entertainment industry. I'd be hanging out at the hospital. <laughs> I would. I'm telling you. I'd be going in there. You're like, in here again. You want to get lunch today? And they can have lunch at their job. And they're super cute. And, yeah. and they're not in the industry. And, and they're caring And people. they can, if something ever happens to you, right to the Take fucking hospital. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're dating them, you're there already. Right? I mean, I don't just mean <laughs> nurses, doctors, I'm talking about anyone that was a professional female in that building was That's super awesome. damn attractive. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would say like, that as well. Look at this lady over here. You're a doctor. What hospital were you at? Uh, what were we at? St. John. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I was going to say St. John. They're attractive, attractive nurses. Yeah. Nurses. And, and, do and doctors. And doctors. And, and doctors can be uh, ladies too. Old, archaic men. That's funny because I was actually in the hospital this Sunday on Easter. What? And, oh, you'll me after. And that's uh, <laughs> not... I, uh, you know, I was dying. Attractive doctors, I, yeah. men. I will tell you, my doctor, incredibly attractive. Really? Uh, nurse, incredibly attractive. Yeah. yeah I'm telling Very you. Very attractive. Yeah, so it's just St. good-looking people. Yeah. yeah okay. Go to St. John's. I more tip tonight. Yes, please. Um, also, if he knows people who think of him as above average, those are the people who should be making intros for him. Yeah. So even though he doesn't think of himself as above average, if he has people, friends, colleagues who do think of him that way, those are the people who should be making introductions. Because they'll match you to someone that they correct. Think, yes, and they'll talk that. for you. But I love that. They'll do the intro for and you. And then they should use what you talked about during uh, our show about charisma. Charisma and being positive right, right off the bat rather than being negative Nelly. This is the second half of his email. Problem number two, this relates to being an older guy in Los Angeles. Let me be really clear. I want to meet age-appropriate women, say mid-40s to early 50s. But what I've noticed about the women dating online here is that a lot of women in my age group don't want me. They want a younger guy. It's more common than not, for example, for a 48-year-old woman to put a range in her profile seeking men 
38 to 45. In fact, many women my age are very clear on their profiles that they are only interested in younger men. What's ironic about this is that these are the same women who complain about men my age only being interested in dating much younger ladies. Well, you know, not all of us are like that. Anyway, it seems like this younger preference is specific to LA and tied to a misconception that we older guys are tired, boring, and bad in bed. I am none of those things. Oh, finally, he has something positive. So how can I overcome this bias? You two are great. I look forward to any advice you might be able to share. Thanks for everything, Nick. Another Nick. Yes. No, no. Oh, it's the same second part. Oh, yeah. And another neck in Northridge. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> I'm a little bit of an airhead. I uh, showed my, uh, my, my vulnerability. So how can, I like he, it. how can he overcome this? Um, I, if I, when I online dated, I would say things in my profile that I specifically wanted. And I was sort of waiting for men to, to challenge it. me on it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I had many men who I went out with who would say like, I didn't fit this in your profile, but here's why I think we should still hang out or go on a date. And I was like, awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so I but would... That, that's a brain, a pattern interruption as well. Totally. Because yeah, you're like, oh, you're not exactly the ideal that I listed out. And, and we talk about that all the time. And he has the balls to still approach me. It's a narcissist yeah. in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Like, even when we had on our show, uh, Vercetti, and what was the girl's name? Erin or Allison, whatever her name was. And we were talking about... Being, Allison. Allison. We were talking about being approached to the gym. And when he, when we first said, like, do you like guys to approach you at the gym? Both you and Allison cringe. We're like, hell no, I don't like it. If he's like cute, it. yeah. See, but you have a more positive <laughs> attitude. Most often I feel when you ask... Ugly, so I don't want to... Really? I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah no. But most often when you ask women about a situation, they, they initially will have one response that may not be entirely true because Vergetti then explained, well, what if a guy did this? What if a guy did this? And both of you were like, yeah, I guess I would be open to meeting another mm-hmm. guy at the gym. So these are all just like your floating ideals. You're putting the best of the best out there of ideally what you're looking for. But I, I believe in, you know, as you've just shown, that people are very open to other things. So if a woman puts, I only want to date guys between the ages of 38 and 50 and you're 52, don't say like, oh, I can't write I wouldn't her. even look. Yeah. Nick, like I wouldn't even look at that age. I like that. I would, if you think you're a good match with her, I wouldn't even look at it. Yeah, I like that because then I can psych you out in some yeah. way. Perfect. Okay. I also think it's a small, I mean, and I have not um, done the online dating thing, but I also think that what you're looking at is such a small sample number of whatever that then if that bothers you so much, then go fucking find the, find, yeah, find somebody else. I mean, how hard is that? No yeah. offense, Nick, but shit. Well, that could Stop be... letting what other people want in their lives bother you about yours. Yeah. Go find that person that wants what you want. Well, that's why I found it interesting when you said at the beginning half of the show that you give women your phone numbers. Not that it's a I, number. I don't have more. Right here, if you want to hit me on that. But I, which I kind, I like. I like the fact that if a woman is really interested in you, she will contact you. I just think that sometimes um, you could be missing out on opportunities because that woman is shy or because she... And you could, you yeah. could. But there are also times when I, I say that, like, look, here's my number. If you're not comfortable, you know, I'd re- and, but a lot of times I'm like, no, 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 here's no, mine too. Back. Or they'll take yeah. your phone and put it in there or whatever. Um, but I always think it's safe. just, yeah, I just think it's a good way to make someone, to let them know that, look, I'm not this person that's going to drive you nuts and, and to prove that to you. Here, Unless you don't write me back. Balls in your court. Yeah. No, I like that, but yeah. Exactly. So I, I, 
I forget where I was going with this. Oh, but I was going to draw that um, to be related to what we were just talking about and what you had said that, you know, like if they list that they want a guy between five, seven and five and six, four, and you're not that person, you say like, fuck them. And then just go on and find somebody else who is more open to it. But a lot of times you. we think we know what we want mm-hmm. and then we don't fucking, mm-hmm. and then something else comes out of nowhere and hits yeah, us right no in the face. Really, like, oh my exactly. God, like, I never I think, even knew I loved five guys at five, six. Right, but that's the attitude that I'd rather guys have as opposed to being like, yeah, I don't fit into that category. I'm going to go elsewhere and find a girl who is more accepting of what I have. I love what Vanessa Because then your saying. standards are going to go down probably. Absolutely, because that's where these leagues come from. Oh, I'm not in her league. Right. Because I'm not in between, you know, that age bracket or, or that, that side. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So I I think own whoever you are. And I love that Vanessa said to just ignore what she lists. If you have to take it from your point of view, if you're interested and you want it, put on that narcissist hat for a split second and just go for it. There's so many like shitty articles online. And I, I know someone posted like a picture to this recently or something, but I've always noticed it too, is that like at the bottom of some article you read, there's like paid for things to click on. And one of them says like, um, 10 celebrities you didn't know had ugly spouses oh, or something like that. And of course you're going to click on it. I actually haven't clicked click on bait. it. Clickbait. Yeah, it's total clickbait. That reporter, whoever wrote that, shame on they're you. They're genius. But <laughs> if you want to look at that and they are, you know, in different quote unquote leagues visually, know that there's hope. I mean, the celebrity married, like, I hate to reference someone, but like Rob Lowe, I think his wife and the, the regular version yeah. of Rob Lowe, not the commercial Rob Lowe. <laughs> Skinny um, arm Rob Yeah. Um, his, his wife, I think, is... I mean, if you look at them visually, they don't match. But right. l- use that as hope that there's not leaks to them into these ultra yeah, I think Matt Damon people. married uh, a girl that was a waitress and who already had a kid, I believe. I've seen, I've seen her. Yeah, she is. But I mean, but, but if you're thinking Matt Damon's got to get yeah, this, an Angelina Jolie or whatever. Right, no, Matt right. Damon doesn't think like that. Matt right. Damon's like, this is, you know, beautiful is beautiful. It doesn't matter what the right. fuck and you do you connect, for your you career. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That yeah. connection is everything. Yeah. yeah, I love that. If you guys want to write so in questions that we can overanalyze, write into ask at askwomenpodcast.com. New episode of our podcast are released every Thursday. So please go download the new episode every Thursday or you can click on subscribe so that you can automatically get those into your funnel Funnel. and you can (laughs) listen to them without having to do anything. But I wanted to thank our guests for this week, Vanessa Van Van Edwards. Please go to the scienceofpeople.com and where else can they find you? On Twitter at VVanEdwards. Awesome. Great information. So thank, thank you. you so much for sharing. Yeah. And then Ryan Sickler, the absolutely funny and awesome That's very sweet. Uh, king of Twitter. Thank you so much oh for being here. But yeah, you can listen to you on the Crab Feast podcast. Yeah. But where else? I'm sure you have a lot of other things. To um, right now. Everything. I'm Ryan Sickler on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, RyanSickler.com and the CrabFeast.com. You can check out uh, on iTunes or All Things Comedy. Yeah, very uh, popular. Every right? Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, every Tuesday. And he does a show with Jay. Larson, who's also been on this show several times. So please go and listen to this. Uh, You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting us and listening to us. We would not continue doing this if you didn't listen. So please continue listening and we'll see you guys next week.